I remember one moment I was seeing a patient in their home. I think this patient had a stroke and they were having word finding trouble. And so my patient's wife was asking me, Hey, is there anything that you can recommend? Like any app, any workbooks, anything like he needs help. I want to help him. I said, well, you know, here are all the options. And I just gave her a list of all the apps. And so I was like, well, we can work on some together and you and him can determine which one you like. So I showed them some apps, even my competitors. She saw my app and she's like, what is that? The app wasn't out yet, but she's like, I need to download this. And hearing someone say something like that about the app so early on really helped me and validated what I was doing. Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast from Azuma that shares motivational stories from small business owners. I'm Greg. And I'm Ben. And we're your hosts for this episode. Today, we're talking with Camila, the owner of Epic, an app that improves the lives of individuals suffering or recovering from neurological disorders, as well as those providing care to those individuals. Camila, welcome. Thank you. Camila, we really appreciate you giving us some of your time today and coming on here to share your story. So thank you for that. Why don't you begin by sharing with us a little bit about where you grew up, how you grew up, and whether any of that led to this business of yours? I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and I was the only child for a few years. So I may have had only child syndrome or first child syndrome. I was very vibrant, <laughs> talkative, a little bossy and very independent. My teachers would often tell my parents, you know, she's a great student, but she talks excessively. She talks a lot. And so I don't think it came to anyone's surprise when people found out that I was going into the speech pathology profession, because in my profession, we talk to patients all day. It's a very social profession. And after living in New York for a few years, we moved to New Jersey. My family relocated to a very diverse neighborhood in central Jersey. So I had friends from all over, friends from India, China, Puerto Rico, Jewish friends, white friends, black friends. So looking back, I was really fortunate for that experience because being a clinician now, I have patients from all over. And so it's really easy for me to connect with different people and try to consider their cultural backgrounds when I'm treating them. So that was something really great. Around the age of 15, I think I was too young to officially work. So my mother got me involved in a volunteer program where I actually volunteered at a nursing home. That's when I found out I really loved older people in the geriatric population. And I was working with a physical therapist. And then he asked me, he's like, you know, what do you want to do with your life? You're 15 years old. I was like, okay, well, I think I want to become a nurse. And he said, well, you should consider speech language pathology or going into the profession. At the time, I had no idea what that was. So I went home and I Googled it. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I can do this because then I could work with older patients just like what I'm doing. I think two months after volunteering, my great grandmother actually passed away and she had Alzheimer's. So at a very early age, I guess I was getting exposure to the geriatric population, healthcare, 
understanding aging, understanding some of these neurological disorders, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. That's sort of when I found out I kind of like this setting. I kind of like this population. This is something that I am interested in doing. So I went to college in my field. You have to get your master's degree. So I went to grad school and got my degree and was doing internships, externships, and started working with the population. And I really liked it. That's amazing. What a gift. I say it's fairly uncommon for 18-year-olds to find out they really enjoy being around old people. But that's, that is a gift. And, and, a, and want to pursue a career in helping them. For their right. mm-hmm. On average, my patients are around 85 years old. I say the older, the better. But I just really enjoy it. My patients have ranged from I guess, 65 to over 100 years old. So there's a lot of wisdom there. There's a lot of just guidance and support from them too and their caregivers and just working with them in their home settings and caring about what they used to do when they were younger or how the world was when they were younger. It's just really cool. And then you get to help them. So yeah, I'd say that puts some perspective on your life that a lot of us probably don't have. So you went into the speech and language pathology route. How did you get from there to starting your own company? So I was doing some contract work in my field. So I actually worked in a few different states and a few different settings. So I was working in some rehabilitation centers, nursing homes, and home health settings in New York, Manhattan, Brooklyn, New Jersey, Baltimore, DC, Virginia, all those places. (laughs) And I've met some wonderful patients, caregivers, clinicians. And what was interesting was that no matter where I worked, no matter who I worked with, I saw that the issues were pretty much the same. There were still patients having strokes. There were still patients getting diagnosed with brain tumors and needing support with their communication skills and their cognitive skills. And as I was working with these patients, I found that the existing tools, I thought there was a bit lacking with them. So in therapy, when you're working with patients, the goal is to sort of get them to where they were before. Let's say if they had a stroke and maybe they were living independently, but now after this stroke, they can't communicate or they're having some issues with memory or recall. The goal is to sort of get them back to where they were before through strategies, through different interventions. The tools that existed weren't really functional. So a lot of tools that were out, there were a lot of brain games and things like that. And I said, well, you know, if I'm working on helping someone go back home, I need to make sure that the tools are functional. So we need to work on medication management. We need to work on handling your finances and remembering today's date. So that's what makes my app unique as well, because it's very functional. It's all about real world, real life scenarios versus brain games. So I found that my patients really wanted to do therapy when they found out that therapy was meaningful, when they saw a task that made sense to them versus brain games. So it's just not playing word stacks all day long, right? Some of the older patients don't like that. <laughs> like doing puzzles. They're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> I remember my grandma going into a 
that phase of life and seeing some of those games compared to like the other apps or things that she was using, it felt like you were going back to elementary school and it was definitely not engaging for her. So I can see this application, this need. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It seems obvious. That's the thing too. Many times, a lot of those apps, they look a bit immature. I kind of find that disrespectful. I wouldn't give someone who's 85 years old something that looks very childish who would want to participate with something like that. So that's why with my app, I made sure that it was very mature, very functional, modern, aesthetically pleasing. That was important to me because I wanted to make sure my patients were using something that they would like. Side note here, I was watching this show, Limitless with Chris Hemsworth. I don't know if you've seen that series on Disney Plus, I think, National Geographic. But National Geographic, yeah. It's all about longevity. He's on this quest to make his life longer, right? And to live better oh. during his life. The last episode is about him. He puts on this geriatric suit that is supposed to make him feel old. And it's got like things over his ears and these glasses, you know, things that prevent him from hearing or seeing as well. They set up this retirement home for him to move into. And anyways, one of the things he points out is the way people started talking to him like a little child, just because as people age, they do lose some hearing, they lose some functionality. And so we maybe think they're less intelligent and start talking to them that way, (laughs) even though mentally they're still wiser, smarter than we are. But just because they've lost some of those motor skills doesn't mean we need to treat them like children. Exactly. I do want to dig a little bit more into this. You kind of were like, yeah, so I started an app. (laughs) I noticed I started an app. And I think a lot of people don't understand what really goes into that. Could you dive into that a little bit more and tell us what that experience (laughs) is really like? Now, looking back, I can casually say that. But it all started off with me just making sketches old school way, pen and paper, just designs of what the app would look like. I don't have a business background or a technology background. So I had to go out and find a software developer and some graphic designers. That was pretty difficult because you have to learn how to vet people properly. And sometimes people tell you that they are skilled in certain things and they are not. (laughs) (laughs) So that, I mean, I had to learn a few lessons in that, like how to make sure that people are ready to help you with whatever you need. And it was very difficult. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. So is it on the market now? Yes, yes, yes. It's available on the App Store, the Apple App Store, Amazon App Store, and Google Play. It's only available for iPads and tablets. So as you look back at your younger self, even when you were going to school and going into speech and language pathology, was it ever on your mind that, hey, out of this experience, I want to be a business owner? Never. How have you dealt with that element of like, oh man, I just wanted to help people. And in doing so, I now have this business. It's interesting. I mean, I always had people in my life that would believe in me and tell me, hey, you're going to do big things. You're going to do something special. Even my patients sometimes. I had no idea what they were talking about. (laughs) But um, I mean, people believed in me and here I am. In school, we did have a lot of people 
in my program that they were set on starting a business, starting a private practice after they graduated. And I never was interested in that at all. And then out of all of us, I ended up being the one with the company. So I guess just how things play out sometimes. But I'm excited that I completed it. I had no idea that this was going to happen. And I think that's pretty cool too, because the idea just fell into my lap and I made it work and created something great. So you say that the idea fell into your lap. No one told you about this idea, right? Though it was, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. perceived it and you decided to pursue it. That's really cool. In my field, most people work with children. So it was definitely something, a niche that I found that many people could benefit from just because there's a lack of attention geared towards that population, which I'm sure you know I'm not happy about because I love the older adults. (laughs) (laughs) Like We need more resources for them. There's so many patients and individuals in the country that are dealing with these like neurological disorders. Yeah, I think too many of us just want to ignore it because we don't want to face it ourselves, right? And realize that that's where we're headed. Instead of addressing it and supporting them, we just want to act like it's not a thing. Because as you're describing that, yeah, I can see that there is a huge gap in services and apps and just support for that community. So are you seeing patients use your tool and getting to see how it affects them? Yeah. So actually, I had some of the patients test out the app. They really liked it. I remember one moment I was uh, seeing a patient in their home. And so I think this patient had a stroke and they were having word finding trouble. And so my patient's wife was asking me, hey, is there anything that you can recommend? Like any app, any workbooks, anything like he needs help. I want to help him. I said, well, you know, here are all the options. And I just gave her a list of all the apps. And so I was like, well, we can work on some together and you and him can determine which one you like. So I showed them some apps, even my competitors. She saw my app and she's like, what is that? The app wasn't out yet, but she's like, I need to download this. I didn't say it was my app, but I was like, oh, well, it's something I have on my device right now, but it's not available. And she's like, this is amazing. I love this. And hearing someone say something like that about the app so early on really helped me and validated what I was doing. So that was before the app was launched. Since the app was launched, I've been getting great feedback from customers and patients and even colleagues that use it for their patients. People are telling me that you know it's very comprehensive. It's very functional. There's so many different tasks. We have over 80 modules for cognition and communication. We have orientation modules, memory, problem solving, expressive language modules. So there's a lot for people to do. <laughs> Very cool. So what does EPIC stand for? E-P-I-C-C. Everyday Practical Interventions for Cognition and Communication. Very cool. Yes. And that name took me a very long time to come up with. And then when it came, I'm like, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have family or friends that are supporting you in this? Or how has this impacted your personal life? I've had less time for family and friends, honestly, over the past few years as I've worked on this. 
So after I launched, I kind of just came back out of nowhere and I'm like, okay, like, let's go out. People are like, where have you been? <laughs> where have you been for the last few years? I'm like, I've been working on some projects. So right now I'm finding that I'm having to rebuild a lot of those connections. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. I've had to sacrifice a lot of time. This has taken me a lot of time doing this by myself and still treating patients and having a full-time caseload and doing a job that can be very emotionally draining. A lot of times people really didn't understand when I would tell them, Hey, I, I can't come to this event or I'm too tired or I just can't right now. And so now um, a lot of my friends are more understanding because they knew I was up to something, <laughs> but they didn't know what. And so now they're seeing, oh, you know, it's on the app store. Oh, you presented at a conference. Like, oh, this looks great. We see why you were quiet for some years. It's <laughs> yeah. really neat. I mean, the amount of effort and time and effort that you've put into this, it shows it's an amazing, amazing product. And your website looks great too. Yeah. Thank you. So good job with everything that you've done. What are some of the things that you've enjoyed most about this experience of developing this app and starting this new business? I guess just creating something unique and somewhat novel. I recently presented at the American Speech and Hearing Association. So just to be able to meet so many new people, meet other clinicians in the field, meet other individuals like in business, marketing, learning new skills. I think when I graduated, I never thought that I would learn other skills outside of what I went to school for. So it's been exciting to learn more about marketing, intellectual property, website, web design, graphic design. I had none of those skills. I had no business skills prior to starting my own business. So it's been cool learning new skills and sort of expanding my mind and things like that. I always like to ask this question, but was there ever a point through this journey where you were like, I just wanted to build an app. I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do all this other stuff. Like I just, I just wanted to build an app. I didn't want to become a lawyer and accountant and you know, all these other things that go along with just building the app. Yes. I kind of feel that way now. Usually I'm very low key, very private. And now I see that there's so many people online, they're influencers and, they want to promote their product and people are asking me, Hey, why, why aren't you on social media doing all this? And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not my personality. I don't want to say I'm introverted. I'm an introverted extrovert. So yeah. I really just like the intimate settings, like working one-on-one -on -one with my patients and their family. So that's a bit of a struggle for me. I don't necessarily want to be in the public eye and things like that. So I have to figure that out. So as you look back on your journey and think of others who are maybe starting out or on their small business journey, what advice would you give them? I would say keep going. And you just have to be ready to sacrifice a lot of time and energy to accomplish your goals, especially if you're working full time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Things might take longer than you think. So you have to be ready for that. I've found that to be true as well. So Camila, you've had a really neat story that you've shared with us and sounds like you've been willing to put in a lot of work to get this app to the market and to take care of your clients. What is it that keeps you going every day? The potential to help older people and patients in our country and around the world. 
and then hopefully in the future to give back and start a nonprofit and give back to the community and older adults in many different ways. Wonderful. Well, you're doing an amazing thing. We really love the business that you set up and the app that you have and the positive influence it's having in the world. So we wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you, Camila. Thank you listeners for joining us today. If you or someone you know would like to share your small business story, please go to mazumausa.com slash keep going and fill out the form at the bottom of the page. And if you are looking for tax advice for your small business, be sure to join our Keep Going Facebook group and check out our website at mazumausa.com. 